Welcome to the Dreamer to Entrepreneur podcast, a show designed to motivate and inspire women to stop sitting on the sidelines of life and finally take action towards accomplishing their dreams. Join us, Brittany Hughes and Amanda Benedict, as we share business advice, as well as our own experiences of starting and building a successful business while also juggling mom life. You'll also hear from other amazing women who bring their own message and advice to the show through inspiring interviews. It's all collaboration over competition here. Get ready to dream big, take action, and always show kindness. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Brittany and I are super, super excited about today's guest. So with the holidays just around the corner, this is just a stressful time for everybody. I don't know about y'all, but I know I have anxiety. So we are super excited to have Erin Kimbrell, who is a certified life coach who specializes in anxiety, as well as a certified breathwork facilitator. So welcome, Erin. We're so glad to have you. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned, I'm an anxiety coach, somebody who struggled with anxiety for really my whole lifetime. Through that journey, I found breathwork and became a breathwork coach as well. I'm also a counselor. And so I kind of serve in a lot of different mental health roles with that have struggled with so much of that myself. I'm a mom to two kids. I live in the South. You guys probably can hear my accent. <laughs> and I'm just doing life like everyone else. So I'm excited to talk about this today, to normalize this, and to hopefully give some support to everybody who's listening. This is a topic that I know, Amanda, we've talked about this a few times on the podcast, but it's a topic that you and I are both passionate about. We both deal with anxiety, have for I mean, I know me my whole life and I've gone, you know, to doctors, mm-hmm. um, counselors and have talked to them about it, but it's so hard to find somebody that actually deals with it themselves. And I feel like unless you deal like w- with me with constant worrying and just, I feel like unless you struggle with that, it has to be so hard to be able to like I've had doctors that just kind of, they just want to prescribe medicine or they just tell me, you know, just, mm-hmm. just do this. And I'm like, why can't we just get to the root of a problem? And so when I came across you and like, you actually deal with the same thing, I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, this, this, this is my girl. So <laughs> that, that makes me think of like you saying that, like the doctor's not understanding when I first went on medicine I went to go see the doctor in there. I was just, you know, crying and just all this stuff. Like, you sound like you just need a vacation. I was like, I just got back from vacation. Like, yeah, I was just on vacation. I don't need <laughs> one. I need something else. So yeah, like, it's nice to hear from someone who also deals and kind of knows what you're going through and where you're at. I think that you can't, you can't talk about anything without truly walking through someone's shoes. And I have so many clients and even just so many women that I have conversations with that say the same things you guys are saying. I have been there too. I've been in the doctor's office crying and, you know, worried about my heart and worried about all these different things going on. And they're like, oh, you have anxiety. And that's it. Like there is no support. If anything, they'll write you a prescription and send you out the door. And it's so frustrating. It's so defeating. It makes you feel like something is wrong with you. And there isn't help beyond that. 
And that's one of the reasons I just continued and continued down this path because I went to school to become a counselor, realized this, this is what I've been struggling with my whole life. Mm-hmm. And still in a full master's program for that, didn't learn enough to help me, you know? And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this cannot be the final answer. Let's try medicine. Well, then it came with a lot of side effects for me that I didn't love. Let's try something else. And thankfully, I'm so grateful. And I'm sure we'll talk about kind of what I'm talking about, but I'm so grateful to have gone down this path to get to the root, like you talked about, Brittany, because that's the key. We can't just keep covering it up. We can't keep putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound and expect for it to get better. We really have to get to the root of why that's there and help at the root with anxiety. So I want to say, I'm glad you guys understand. I I think it's just something that so many people struggle with, but no one knows what the solution is. Do you feel like everybody, maybe it's just because I'm more aware of it and mental health is just so talked about these days, but I feel like everybody has anxiety or they think Mm -hmm. they have anxiety. I think that anxiety is a normal emotion. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I want to hit home for everyone. It's not that anxiety should, or we would want it to go away. Like anxiety can actually be really helpful in times where there is danger, or, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to protect something that we really care about. And so that level of anxiety is normal. What's not, you know, quote normal or healthy or positive for us is to have that pervasive worry to be thinking about things all the time. That's when we get into a space of, okay, we really want to work on this. So do I think everybody has anxiety? Sure. To some extent, even my husband, who's like chill, the coolest <laughs> cucumber ever. Like he does nothing makes him flounder, you know? And I think what in the world, but there are things that cause him anxiety. So yeah, to answer your question, I do think we all struggle with it on some level. Mm-hmm. So I came across you because of your program, your group program that you offer. And so I was very intrigued by that program. So I want to dive into, let's talk about your entrepreneurial journey mm-hmm. and like, I guess, take us back and what made you, what made you want to go that route and start the program and all of that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I will try to keep this short and sweet, but <laughs> for my whole life, really, I felt the calling to be an entrepreneur, to have my own business, to kind of have that freedom that is such a value for me to have that time freedom and be able to do the things that I want to do. And at the same time was struggling with anxiety. And these two things together can make it really difficult, not only to get started, but to keep going. And you guys have probably felt that in your own Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship, but yeah. Yeah. So I remember in undergrad, I was like, what am I going to study? You know, maybe I'll try entrepreneurship and then backed out before I even signed up because there was so much fear. There was so much worry about, well, what could actually happen? What would be the worst thing that would happen? What if I screwed up and lost all my money and, you know, ruined my family name? I don't know. But all these what if thoughts are running Mm -hmm. through my head. So I didn't even get started. Fast forward, maybe seven years or so. I see people that are coaches when coaching was kind of a new industry and thought, well, that's really cool. Like, I wonder how they do that. And just started to kind of study them a little bit more to learn a little bit more about it. Finally was just like, all right, I have one life. So I'm either going to take the leap or mm-hmm. I'm always going to feel this nudge and this passion that I never let myself step into. I remember being full on terrified and 
just starting, starting an Instagram page from scratch with no followers and figuring it out along the way, taking a course to help me, you know, be a certified coach, which was a year long journey. And that's truly what helped me with my anxiety the most. And so it just was taking steps of courage along the way, believing in myself when I would hear the little voice in my head that was making me doubt myself, that was making me question everything I was doing, that was causing me to overthink or spin in perfectionism, learning how to kind of quiet that part of myself and step into my truth and trust that I did know what I was doing and that everything actually was going to work out and would be okay. And so from there, that is what led me into, hey, I actually need to teach other people how to do this because a lot of people struggle with the same thing. And we're a lot of us are successful. Like people assume that we have it all together because mm-hmm. we kind of put that out into the world. And so many things are going well in our life. But then there's that fear on the inside. Like I said, overthinking, constant worrying, all these thoughts, our mind races all the time. Those are things that we struggle with on a daily basis, you know? And so that's what kind of led me to create. Um, at first I started just with one-to-one coaching that led me to create my group program and kind of package this up in a way that made it more accessible to other people. And so that's where I'm at now. I'm glad that was how you found me. That's really cool. Tell us a little bit about that and what it looks like for somebody to sign up for the program. For sure. So my group program, I have a large group program, the six month program, which is, I know what you were looking at, Brittany, that's called heal your anxiety. And the whole point of that and and why I named it that is I want you to know that this is not something that you're going to struggle with your entire life on the level that you're struggling with. Now I say that I was probably at most days at an eight or nine struggling with my anxiety. And now maybe a one some days, some days it's not at all, you know? And so that's what I mean when I say heal your anxiety. And so it's a six month long journey where we really start with first, just, you know, the basics of noticing why we're feeling that way. Can we get into the thoughts that we're having? Because half of the struggle with anxiety is in the mind. In fact, probably most of us live in the mind when we're anxious, we're thinking everything through. And so what we then learn to do is drop into the body to notice what the body is telling us to send signals, to actually listen to our anxiety and know that it's not this big, scary monster that we have made it out to be because it feels like that sometimes throughout the program. Then we'll talk about some body-based tools to help. One is breathwork because that is what can get rid of my anxiety in five minutes or less and several other kind of somatic tools that people are familiar with that type of work. And through that program, then we get to, like I said, what's kind of at the root right? So what makes you feel the way you feel? Probably a lot of us feel like we're not good enough or we're not safe. Those are usually two big common beliefs that we have if we're struggling with anxiety. And why do we feel that way, right? What in our maybe childhood or or early life made us feel those things? And then how can we help ourselves now as an adult? Because all of those things are continuing to show up. So like I said, we kind of start in the mind and then we go a lot deeper (laughs) into that. And so that's a six month long journey in which people really truly can get to that root of their anxiety and heal from within. That's awesome. I know with me becoming a mom, like boosted my anxiety and then the pandemic, like during lockdown, I just, my anxiety, I think was the worst it had been to the point where 
like I just worried all the time. Like I couldn't go to the grocery store because I would Mm -hmm. worry, you know, at the beginning of COVID, I was going to get COVID. And now you worry about like active shooters. Like my mind just constantly, like Mm -hmm. I worry about everything. And yeah, it is. It's all in the mind. And it's like, I feel like normal, quote unquote, normal people look at it as mm-hmm. like, <laughs> what in the world are you worrying about? Like, that's not even going to happen. It sounds like a lot of yours is based in that belief that I was talking about of I'm not safe. Mm-hmm. So yeah. why do we feel that way? And for me, I'll just, I'll share a little bit more about that to help our listeners understand my upbringing was rooted. I had, I had several family members who struggle with anxiety right? And so a lot of what I heard was watch out, be careful, be safe, you know, and Mm -hmm. I get that that came from a family that was protective of me that cared about me in the same way that I care about my kids, right? But it put so many worries into my head and this belief that you're never safe. No, not even in your own home, somebody could break in, you know? And so Mm -hmm. all of these beliefs then became my beliefs and I took those on myself. And so that was a big thing for me. That was my biggest wound was, you know, that I am safe wound. Like I am actually safe. And I remember so many people struggled through COVID. And that was probably when I had some of the biggest breakthroughs with my anxiety because the whole world felt uncertain, unsafe. And within myself, I was able to find that safety. And so that is key to really helping you move through this anxiety that you're feeling. Do you think, just in your opinion, do a lot of, I know we talked about a lot of people probably have anxiety from, or at some level, but do you think a lot of people have, it's because of things in their past that they've gone through or have had struggles, you know, cause I know like for me too, like I can tell you, you know, when it started, I was in fifth grade when it really started. Do you see a lot of people like that who've had issues in their past and it just has kind of escalated as you've gone into adulthood and taken on more responsibilities of being an adult? Absolutely. And that's kind of where I really focus a lot of attention because a lot of us, this did start in our childhood. Not everyone. There's a lot of reasons we could be having anxiety, even down to physical health reasons. You know, if you have a thyroid issue that's undiagnosed, that could be causing you to feel more anxious. I've even talked to people who, after they had COVID, their anxiety started and not necessarily from a mental place, but more from a physiological place. So it's not to say that everyone's anxiety stems in their past. And that's another thing we cover in my program. But I do think that a lot of us feel that way. A lot of people maybe lived in households like me where you felt that from other people and you took that on. Maybe you felt things were chaotic or it could be that we had a triggering life event. I'm not sure. And in your Mm -hmm. past in fifth grade, when you felt that starting, if something happened, but a lot of times after people go through, maybe it's Mm -hmm. a natural disaster, or maybe they lose someone that was really important to them. Their sense of safety is shattered. And that creates kind of those anxious thoughts. And so you're right, Brittany mentioned, like as we grow older and we have more responsibilities and now we have people outside of ourselves that we care so much about that we're in charge of, like we're the adult care, having Mm -hmm. to take care of these kids and, and a family, then our anxiety just amplifies because again, we're the ones who have to take care of them. So not only are we looking out for our safety, we're looking out for their safety. So I do think the responsibilities of adulthood can just continue to multiply that anxiety. I have two kids and I say with each kid, I became way more anxious 
Then when we lost my father-in-law very unexpectedly, he had a stroke and passed away with, you know, with no warning. That's when my anxiety was at its absolute worst. And it makes a lot of sense. Like looking back why I felt that way. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Is it at all hereditary? Because my mom is she's very similar to me. Mm -hmm. And so she tells me, well, you got this. It it, it is true. And not to say that because your parents or one of your parents has anxiety, you will. The doctors truly don't know what causes anxiety. If we knew what caused anxiety, we could fix it, right? Like there would be a cure. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of factors that play into it, but yeah, sure. It could absolutely be hereditary like many other mental health conditions, right? But one thing I say is, like I mentioned, many members of my family struggle with anxiety. In fact, all that I can think of really struggle with anxiety. That doesn't mean that I have to continue that struggle. Right. And that's one thing I say is I used to think that anxiety was my life sentence because my family struggled with that. I would struggle with that. And now I've learned that's actually not true because I have a ton of coping skills. I've done all this inner work and healing and getting to the root of why I feel that way. And I know how to help myself on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So yes, it definitely can come from your genetics and we have a way to break through that. And there's a lot of um, science that supports that too, with our neuroplasticity as well. Like what are we actually thinking in our minds and how can we recreate some of those patterns? Well, and I love that you're a mom too, because that's one thing that, you know, I've worried about and have been struggling with because I have two kids as well. And not so much with my daughter, who's a little bit younger, but my son who's seven now, you know, I'm a single mom. We, you know, he's old enough to have been through the divorce and all that stuff. And so we've been having just issues with him and that in and of itself is just bringing up all kinds of, cause I'm like, I suffer from this. I go through this, like, I feel this way and I never want my children to do it. So I'm like, what are like some helpful things for maybe moms out there that, you know, cause that's one worry of mine is I don't want my kids to grow up and have to feel the way that I feel. Yes. Now. And I feel this with myself because both of my kids struggle with anxiety in different ways. And so I think the first step is always validation Mm -hmm. and normalizing it. So when my kids come to me and they're telling me how they're feeling, first of all, I can like quickly recognize that this is what they're struggling with. They're worried about, again, different things. My son, a little bit more in the social anxiety realm. And my daughter has a lot of catastrophic thinking, like worst case scenario type thinking. And so immediately I'm able to like notice that and be like, Hey, I noticed that you're feeling really worried about that. I know what that feels like. So again, recognizing, validating that's so supportive. Sometimes I just think when we do that, it kind of eases what Mm -hmm. we're feeling because somebody else gets it and they're there for us. So I want to reframe your thinking a little bit because it isn't the worst thing. It actually is pretty great that you know what that feels like. So you can be there to support Mm -hmm. them through it as well. The second thing is then helping kids who, you know, don't know how to quite get to the root of their anxiety yet, we can give them these coping skills, these tools that they can use. And so depending on the ages of your kids, I started with my kids when they were pretty young, but now they're eight and 11. So they're a little bit older, but when they were young, we're doing like some deep breathing. So taking, you know, dragon breaths is what I called them with my son, just really (laughs) blow it out like a dragon birthday cake breaths, like they're blowing out a candle on a cake. So teaching breathing, depending on their age. Now I just, I work with a lot of middle schoolers too. And so I help them just learn how to take a deep breath. 
Another really great tool that helps is going to their favorite place. I call it their mental vacation. So just asking them what's their favorite place. And can we close our eyes and in just a minute, like go to that place in Mm -hmm. your mind, walking them through their, each of their senses. So what would that sound like if you were there at your favorite place? You know, what would, what would you be able to hold in your hands? What would you be able to see? What would you taste? What would you smell? Those kind of things, right? Mm -hmm. And so just teaching kids tools can be so helpful because they learn what I just said, that anxiety isn't the worst thing that you could feel, that it's actually pretty normal and that it will then subside. Eventually it will go away. As I get a little bit older, I work, I go into a lot of thought work. Why are you thinking that? Like, why is that something that makes you feel really worried? Right. And so kind of breaking down their thoughts in the same way that I would when I work with adults, like getting to why you're actually feeling that way in your mind. So I hope that helps, but those are just some of the, you know, the first things that I start with, with younger kids. Oh yeah. Thank you for sharing. Well, let's kind of transition and move into it's holiday time. And I think almost everybody can kind of associate the holidays with a little bit of stress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what advice do you have for, since we are, you know, mostly a business mompreneur podcast, let's kind of mm-hmm. go the business route. So what advice do you have for business owners during the holidays that are dealing with stress and anxiety? Yeah, I would say that not everything is urgent and important. When we really look at why are we feeling the stress? Why are we feeling anxious or overwhelmed? Those kind of feelings, especially around the holidays, just like ramp up, right? Because not only do we have our daily life, you know, activities and business things that we're doing, but then we have all the holiday stress Mm -hmm. on top of it. And so I tend to give myself a little bit of a break, realizing that all that is going to be on my plate. And so what's actually not really urgent and important? What could wait until next week? What could wait until next month? What doesn't have to be done at all, right? What could I delegate to somebody else or pass on? But a lot of us who struggle with anxiety, especially high functioning anxiety, put a lot of pressure on ourselves Mm -hmm. and a lot of things on our plate. Yeah. And when we really break it down, it's not necessary. And so that's what I would just encourage you to look at is like what stress am I putting on myself? Is this coming from me? Is this coming from somebody else? And I feel like nine times out of 10, especially in our business, we're the ones putting that pressure on ourselves. So like, give yourself a little bit of a break. That would be my number one piece of advice, especially around the holidays. I heard one thing. It was like a quote or something about new years. And I feel like for me, January 1st, I have more stress and anxiety around that as far as like business goes because of goals. And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I set so many goals and have I accomplished these goals? And it's like, you know, if you don't, then it's like, just, you can get into a state of depression and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. But I heard something that said, January 1st is just a day. Mm -hmm. New Year's day is just this random thing that we made up just to give ourselves accountability. It is nothing big. It's just another day on your calendar. And when you stop and you think about it like that, it like that helped me. I was like, it really is just another day. Mm -hmm. You know, if I don't meet some goals that I set, it's fine. I'm still alive. I'm still here. Nothing's going to happen to me. Yeah. That's another like reframe, right? A quick, like, different way to look at it, perspective shift, a mindset shift, whatever you want to call it, but realizing there is no magic, but here we are putting, like you said, all that pressure on ourselves to meet these goals and putting meaning to something that actually Mm -hmm. doesn't mean anything. 
just because I haven't met these goals, I'm a failure, right? Yeah. We're assigning that meaning. If we can like release that and let that go and just let it be another day, it does like, oh, just let you kind of relax and take a deep breath and drop your shoulders a little bit when we let go of that pressure we're putting on that particular day. And that's another thing I remind people is that, you know, it doesn't mean new year, new you, you don't have to be a new version of yourself. Yeah. We can just keep on rolling through life. Like we have been right. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot that we hear from society about that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so just like turning and tuning out the noise can be really helpful in keeping you on track with where you want to go. I know there's a huge correlation between social media and anxiety. And I know as a business owner, especially an online business owner, you, you kind of have to be on social media. So do you have any advice as far as social media goes and not letting it trigger your anxiety yeah. or, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. I was like, trigger your anxiety. Yeah. That's what it does, right? Yeah. Well, like I talked about earlier, we have to notice what that anxiety feels like in our body first. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so for me, I'm normally in this state of like calm. Everything feels good. My body feels relaxed. As soon as I notice I shift and I'm scrolling social media and I feel that shift in my body to like my breath is getting faster, right? My chest feels heavy. My stomach hurts, whatever that feels like to you. But you have to notice that first. That's why we walk through that in my program. When you notice that happening, you have to, first of all, realize why am I feeling that way? What am I thinking that this person or this company has that I don't have? Mm -hmm. And why am I feeling that way? Is that self-doubt kind of creeping in? Is that inner critic creeping in telling me I'm not good enough, right? What is causing me to feel this way? Because awareness is the first step. We have to know why we're feeling that way to work through it. And then we move into the work part. Okay. Well, this is how I'm feeling, but is that really true? Like, is that valid? Does that make any sense? And so being able to notice why you're feeling that way and then work through it is very helpful. I also say you don't have to be on social media and be triggered all the time. If you notice the same person is kind of bringing up those feelings, Mm -hmm. unfollow, mute, unsubscribe, whatever it is, like allow social media to be a place that's inspirational, that's encouraging. We can curate our feeds to be whatever they are, to be whatever we want them to be, right? So if you're getting on and you're not feeling good and your anxiety is through the roof, look into why that actually is. And that's the key to helping yourself feel better when you're on social. Yeah. We had another interview a few days ago and I mentioned that my TikTok, like my business is not on TikTok, but my feed is of chickens and dogs. That's that's what brings me joy. So I just get on and I watch some chickens and dogs and that makes Mm -hmm. me happy. I saw saw your video. Was it earlier today you posted? My chickens? Yeah. Oh, they're so cute. I was like, maybe there's somebody else that likes chickens and dogs. So let me just post this. Yeah, it was so cute. The little like, not silkies or, but yeah, they are silky. They're so cute. Yeah, they're silky. I thought that's what they were called, but they're so cute. I was like, oh, we gotta do the stuff that like lights us up. I make a joke on mine. I'm like, well, if you get on here, you're probably going to see me drinking a cup of coffee or tea or something and being outside because that's when I feel the best. So that's the kind of stuff I want to see from other people. Like I don't want to see, I really don't follow a lot of accounts that are like mine because I don't need to see that. That's the comparison trap. Like, let me step right into it. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Set yourself up for success and make sure that your feed is something that makes you feel good and watch the chickens and the dogs. Yes. 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 Absolutely. (laughs) 
So I know we talked about some strategies for coping and you are a breathwork counselor. Tell us a little bit more about that and how you use it and what programs you have. Absolutely. So when my anxiety was at its highest and like Brittany was saying earlier, I had tried all the things, like everything I possibly could have tried to help and nothing was helping. I was just like, well, let me give this a try. I found a video on Instagram. I was like, sure, why not? And within, like I said, three to five minutes of breathing in that way, I could breathe. Like my, my chest felt like I didn't have a ton of bricks on it. Right. My thoughts were clear for the first time in a long time. And I was used to just that racing mind all the time. And then I was like, what is this magic? Like what have I just stumbled <laughs> upon? And so, <laughs> so breathwork, essentially, if, if this is something new for everybody listening, breathwork is a way to quiet the mind. It is my number one tool for anxiety, especially, but even just everyday stress coming back to myself, coming back to my breath is a really powerful tool. And the version of breathwork that I was certified through and that I teach, there are different types of breaths that you can use for different feelings, Right. For me, my go-to is the one for stress and anxiety because that's what I struggle with the most. But there's breath work for energy. There's breath work for sleep. So it's just breathing in different patterns to help yourself feel better, essentially. Our breath is such a tool. There's so much science to support that we should be using it more, but a lot of people just don't know about it. And so I say for people like us that kind of have that busy mind who have maybe tried meditation and failed like I did. <laughs> Me? I, yeah. I encourage you to try breath work because it actually quiets the mind. It turns off the mind and lets you then move into that. Maybe a meditation if you want to, or just to have a minute where your thoughts aren't crazy. Breathwork facilitator is kind of the big term I use, but that's wordy. So basically I'm just someone who helps guide them back to their breath so that they can feel better. That's kind of an easy way to put it. The breathwork I'm certified in is called pause breathwork. And so we combine music, mantras, like a real intention for the session and the breathing. And there's about five different breath patterns that we use. So when I just need a minute, I take a few deep breaths and move on throughout my day. And I do consider that breathwork because I'm using my breath to help me work through what's coming up for me. That's so interesting. Yeah. It's crazy. I I really encourage people, give it a try. Why not? Mm -hmm. What do you have to lose? Because if you're like me and you're at the end of the rope, like I was, I was desperate for anything, right. To help me feel better. And so I know you mentioned earlier, you know, how can, what does that look like in real life? Well, there are in-person breathwork sessions that I offer. There are virtual sessions that I offer on Zoom, just like we're talking here. And those can be one-on-one or they can be in a group. And then I also have a membership. So lots of different ways it can look like. It just depends what you know other people want. So in my membership, I have an app. They can click on that. They can listen to the session in the comfort of their own home without being live. But some people like the live aspect of it. Lots of different options, but every, all all of that can be found on my website or people can message me because I know it can be kind of a lot at first when you're just hearing about what breath work even is in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. What advice do you have for, I know we have a lot of listeners that they haven't started their business yet Mm -hmm. and they're still in that, the dreamer phase in the mindset of, you know, they have those limiting beliefs holding them back. They probably have anxiety, mm-hmm. um, you know, the what ifs holding them back. What advice can you give to them right now to kind of overcome that? 
Oh my gosh. This is like, I love things like this. My biggest piece of advice is to trust yourself. Like I mentioned for me, that nudge, that calling, that feeling never went away. Yeah. So the more I kind of let that fear and worry and pervasive thinking take over, the more I was just stalling in what I really wanted. Right. Yeah. And so really trust yourself. You know what you want for your life. And one exercise that was like helpful for me was if I looked in the future and I imagined what I wanted my ideal day to look like. And it wasn't at my nine to five for those dreamers who are still working. Mm -hmm. Right. And it wasn't with all this stress or financial worry or, you know, that your time feeling like you don't have enough time. If it isn't that, but that's the reality you're living. And you have to really look at what you want that to look like. And that was an aha moment for me because the life I was living was completely different from the life that I would have dreamed to have but I wasn't taking any steps to get there. And so that kind of lit the fire under me like, okay, it's now or never. When am I going to do this? Let's get it going. I know it's not easy to quiet those thoughts and to trust yourself and to find that courage, but that bravery is where you're going to actually get to your soul's purpose here in the world. Mm -hmm. So you got to just go for it. I know it's tough, but (laughs) I'm here to support anybody who's really struggling with that and just kind of be your biggest cheerleader. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I agree with everything you just said. And I actually, I was living kind of opposite of what I wanted for myself. And I, it was probably an anxiety podcast episode or something that said basically what you just said. And they said, write your perfect, like a moment, a perfect moment for you, write that down and list like the atmosphere. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you picture? Write that down, make a list on piece of paper and post it somewhere. And I, and I think that was maybe seven or eight years ago. I did that. I still have it posted so I can visually see it and mm-hmm. almost everything I am bringing to fruition. I still have a few things that I'm working on, but it's like my, it, when you shift your mindset and you visually see that you can bring that moment to fruition. And it's like, yeah. it gives me chills talking about it because mm-hmm. I was that person that was just like, I can't do that. I can never be that girl. Mm -hmm. And you can. Oh my gosh, you can. Yeah. More people need to hear that message and have that awakening because there are so many of us living in that frozen state of fear Mm -hmm. and worry and anxiety and like letting it hold us back. And so many of us are just meant to meant for more than what we're, what we're doing. Yes. And that's why I like always say my one regret is I wish I would have done this 10 years ago, but Mm -hmm. I let the fear of owning a business and, you know, what if it doesn't work out? What if I don't make enough money? What if I can't pay my bills? What if I can't buy food or what if I lose my house? Like I let all of that fear stop me from doing this 10 years ago. I'm glad I'm doing it now. I'm, we talked about it yesterday when we were interviewing someone about pandemic was awful. Like I wish, never wish it happened again. But I'm kind of glad it happened to me because it kind of gave me no other option. Like it's either I'd make something work or, you know, I was backed into a corner. Okay. Well, I have to do something. So I'm, this is what I'm going to do. But yeah, I always tell people like my biggest regret is not starting 10 years ago. Don't let that fear hold you back. So good. So true. Well, Aaron, where 
can people find you, connect with you, sign up for your program? Tell us all the details. Yes. Well, I would love if you're on social media, come Mm -hmm. follow me on Instagram because that's where I am the most. You can definitely check out my website for more information about my group programs, about breath work. Um, just learn a little bit about me and more of my journey that we didn't even share here. My website is just my name, erinkimbrell.com, easy peasy. And all of, I'm so not creative. So all of my usernames and everything are the same. I also have a Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, that is specifically for high functioning anxiety. And I know we'll link all of this, but the name of that group is Empowered and Free Help for High Functioning Anxiety. So I would love for you to find me wherever you're at and send me a message because I love connecting with people. Speaking of your Facebook group, that name Mm -hmm. sounds familiar. (laughs) So why did just that name sound so familiar? Oh my gosh, because I'm finally, finally facing my fear of starting my own podcast. So here I am like calling myself out. I'm really excited about this. I've wanted to do this for years and just let the fear, the overwhelm, you know, that I don't know what I'm doing. And it sounds like it's too hard. I've been letting that hold me back, but not anymore. So my new podcast, Empowered and Free Help for High Functioning Anxiety is debuting in January of 2023. I'm so excited. So oh, I cannot wait. Yes. So excited. So I love chatting and sharing just like this, talking to people helping people. And so I feel like it is going to be just amazing for me to get this message out to more people who really need to hear it. Just Mm -hmm. like I needed to hear it, you know, a decade ago. Absolutely. All right. And you've given so much awesome advice, but we want to pull something else from your brain. So (laughs) if you could give one piece of advice to anybody listening, listening, it could be mom advice, business advice, any kind of advice. What do you have? I would say that you know everything you already need to know. I think so many of us feel like we have to learn more or we're not there yet. We're not quite at our goal. We're not good enough. You already are perfect exactly as you are. And so stop striving to be anything different than you are. And this can go for literally every part of life, right? Motherhood, entrepreneurship, just friendship, relationships, you're enough exactly as you are. And I think not enough of us feel that way. And that's like the key message I want to drive home to any person I ever come in contact with. You're enough exactly as you are. There's nothing more you need to do. Yes. Amen to that. Thank you for listening to our mommy show. Please subscribe and share with all your friends. See you in two weeks. Have a good day.